This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. July, 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 and it's the first voice of change for July, so welcome to the show. And no, I'm not lying, it is a wonderful month to be alive. And so welcome, welcome to this beautiful day. And yes, I know it's cold out in the Cape, but I hope that you're keeping yourself warm, looking after yourself, doing some self-care, taking care of your family and finding the hibernation where you need to and also the connection where you need to as well. And that's something we're going to be talking about on the show here on Voice of Change with myself, Lauren Jacobs. And later on, on the show, I'm joined by wellness coach and self-care coach, Danusha. And Danusha is going to be taking us through the winter season and how we can really self-care and what this means when maybe there's less socializing or we, we go out less or we're doing things where we, you know, kind of gain energy in different ways, energy of life in different ways. And, you know, kind of we as Cape Tonians, we don't like to go out when it's raining. Come on, admit you are the same. We don't really like going out when it's raining, when it's cold. Even if you made plans, uh, there's kind of almost an excuse, you know. So uh, your avocado is about to ripen at 9 p.m. that Saturday evening. You just can't go out. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a drama because we have to find ways to really uplift our energy and, and just feed our hearts and our beans during winter months where there's less of going out, less socializing, less wanting to be out there and more wanting to be within and I believe that that speaks to the season that we find ourselves in and how magnificently God has put all the seasons in place and the seasons not only speak to the fact that it's about nature and that cycle of nature but also the cycle of life and so later on on the show Danusha is going to be joining me to talk through that and reflection and journaling and how we can really take care of ourselves and you know on the show as well today I have Melissa Hertz now Melissa is the founder of the Project Life Pregnancy Support Center. She's also a speaker and a singer. And uh, as a speaker, she has been in the States just a couple of weeks ago, speaking and addressing young people about, you know, pregnancy support, abortion, and also here in South Africa, she's been very involved with baby abandonment and getting baby savers out there. And uh, she's been doing this for quite some time connecting baby savers with other organizations and finally she has just witnessed and been the wonderful wonderful starter of a baby saver for her own organization project life and uh, she's going to be talking to us about this and it's just so exciting because baby savers really are making a difference just this week i read how one of the baby savers were just used and uh, everybody on 
social media was really saying that they were very happy about that and we're going to talk about that as well because there is some backlash on baby savers which personally i don't think there should be but because when we understand how baby savers work and how many children and babies have been saved through a baby saver well then we begin to understand that it's actually a brave brave task a brave act of a mother to actually use the baby saver instead of abandoning their baby in an open field or somewhere where the child has no hope of getting the support that it needs whereas a baby saver is a way to actually truly do that save your baby's life and so melissa is joining me after this we're going to be talking about her latest baby saver and also where the baby savers are here in the western cape in cape town you'll be quite surprised to find that there are quite a lot of them so stay tuned it's going to be great for the next hour to be with you and melissa is joining me after this It is so important today that we are talking about something that here in South Africa has been a topic of conversation for quite some time. I hear a lot, and I'm sure you do as well, maybe even see on the news or hear on the radio about babies being abandoned and what is happening. And sometimes, so sadly, we see that these babies and these children end up passing away because they were not got to on time or they were discarded in a way that was just really harmful and here in South Africa it's kind of estimated and that's why I said it's kind of estimated because we don't have an official statistic on the fact that you know there are so many babies that are abandoned and kind of there's this estimate that it can be somewhere between 3,500 up to 10,000 babies that are deserted every year. And it's safe to say that childhood abandonment, or should I not say childhood, but child abandonment in South Africa is really something that we should be concerned about, and especially as Christians. And on the show today, I've welcomed Melissa Hertz, who is a phenomenal woman, as I told you all about in the introduction and beginning of the show. So Melissa, before we get into baby savers and what we are seeing happening when we talk about children being abandoned. Welcome to the show. It is really, really good to have you here today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I always love chatting to you, Lauren. Oh, I love chatting to you as well. And what I've loved recently is just following your journey. I mean, you were here in Cape Town. I know that the listeners on Cape Pulpit have heard you and your voice and your story as well quite a few times. But you've deserted us down here in Cape Town and you've left to go to Kozulu <laughs> Natal. But you're actually doing such amazing things up there as well. So tell us a bit about what you've been up to recently with the latest, I'm saying latest, but the the baby saver that you have been involved with. I've been following on social media, seeing the photos, seeing the kind of the opening ceremony, so to say, that the baby saver is there. It is absolutely important work. Tell us about the latest baby saver that you've been involved with. So this is finally my own baby saver for Project Life. So I am the founder of an organization called Project Life Pregnancy Support, which I started around five years ago. I'm one of 62 pregnancy help centers or organizations around South Africa, and I'm part of Pregnancy Help uh, Network South Africa. And with the work that I do, uh, baby abandonment is very closely linked, of course, to abortion and unplanned pregnancy unwanted pregnancy and all that 
Um, but yes, finally, Project Life has its own baby saver because wow. about five years ago, um, we Project Life sponsored baby savers to other organizations that they then uh, took the responsibility of of taking care of and installing and having as their own baby saver. But we weren't involved in the process once we gave the baby saver over. Hmm. But finally, one is <laughs> the Project Life hmm. baby. It took long enough, but let me tell you, when God said yes, it all happened within one month, and wow. it was cluster. It was really very busy. It was very, it it was jam packed. So, um, yes, a warning to the listeners out there: when God says yes to the things you've been praying for for many years, you better fasten your seatbelt because it's, it's it's accelerated, and the whole process was very very accelerated. Um, but absolutely wonderful and such a testimony just of how God was in every detail of every interaction, every person that was involved in the project was ordained before the beginning of time and born and you were born and this baby saver was ever an idea or baby abandonment was ever a thing because Mm -hmm meeting these people, listening to their stories, the people that were involved, the builders, the just the paramedics, the specialized paramedics, just everybody, just meeting them, hearing their stories, hearing their testimonies and their hearts for this cause. I just start I I just stood there with my mouth like wide open, my jaw just hanging on the floor because I couldn't believe like how God made people come together with the same heart for the cause. It wasn't mm. random people wasn't by chance it was God orchestrating how the community came together and let me tell you the the support I received from the community is nothing short of just a glorious miracle because I've got one of the top um, uh, security companies that is um, on our first response team as well as we have IPSS medical um, that will be on um, be at the baby saver within minutes of the alarm going off hmm. and a special paramedic will be on site. We have another security company called Armored Interiors who goes daily to check that our baby saver is safe and that it's not being vandalized or hurt or anything. Hmm. So, I mean, the, the amazing support in the community and the signage that was sponsored, just everything, the workmanship of every little fine detail was of absolute excellence. And then the catering, we had the most beautiful catering for the event mm-hmm. that was sponsored by the Waterbury Cafe. I'm sure you've heard of that um, mm-hmm. here on the coast. They do the best cheesecakes. And I mean, mm-hmm. when I found out, I said yes to, to sponsoring our catering. Everything was done with absolute excellence. And it was just so mind-blowing to me, you know, like how we could do everything with such excellence for God, for an mm-hmm. excellent God, you know, and how he gave the best of the best people, <laughs> this heart mm. for this call. But it was such generosity. My mind was just blown because I was like, how am I going to pay for everything with this yeah. little budget, you know? Because that's, I mean, this anybody listening who has a nonprofit understands yeah. you, you, know, you struggle and where you don't, we, where you don't have enough money in your nonprofit, you just pay for things yourself. But yeah. with this project, People were just so generous and it was just so incredible to see. So, I mean, my mind is just still blown and my heart is so warm to see how the community came together and at the launch, um, because we had a beautiful launch and the 
newspaper was there and the mm. local station, Christian radio station was there. And um, we had our local child protection organization there and the baby home that the baby will go to once it's placed in the saver. And of course, the response team and everybody that was involved in the project. Um, mm. And we just celebrate them and let them connect with each other and for everybody to sort of meet each other and for them to to meet the people and see the faces where the baby's going to, who's the child protection organization. And so we just wanted to thank them and honor them. But mm. what I said it was it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to save a child. And that's certainly mm. what happened. How it took the village of Mshlali and the village of Stanga and Bulito and the village around us to make this baby saver happen. Like I cannot take any credit for it. It is yeah. all the people who God put together. So God gets all the glory for making this baby saver happen and making everything happen. But mm. the way it connected the people was really just miraculous. Mm. Sure. You know, and just listening to you as well, I, you know, I just feel moved because at at the end of the day, it's exactly like you said, it's going to take, and it does, it takes a village to save a baby, to save a child. And Melissa, I know that sometimes there, there can be some negativity towards baby savers. People go, oh, why would, why would you put that there so baby can be placed in inside of that? Now, if somebody says that to you, you know, what is your response? Perhaps I feel like there's not much then understanding, perhaps just coming from that individual, maybe they don't understand how this actually works and why it is so important. And so what would you say if someone came to you and said, I don't know how I feel about this because I don't know enough. Uh, what can you tell us about the fact that this is actually a very, very good thing. And a mom that chooses to use a baby saver is actually choosing to save their child's life even though it can be seen as a oh she abandoned that child or oh she's not interested there is actually a sense of goodness in her choosing to put her baby into a baby saver instead of abandoning your baby somewhere else where they won't get that help that you just spoke about well a lot of people will on social media that I've seen <laughs> when you read the comments, I've seen how people say um, these baby savers are encouraging abandonment. But if a, there are still babies being abandoned, whether there's mm -hmm. a baby saver or not, there are still babies landing up in the toilets, in the bins, in the sugar cane and, and dying because they don't get help in time because we know a small baby, especially a newborn, cannot go more than 12 hours without milk because of their blood sugar and all that. They can mm. die, mm. go into a coma and so on. So they, they can't go very long pe periods of time. And I mean, we have to make sure their temperature is regulated and all that stuff. But the hope is because the number, the emergency number and the WhatsApp counseling number is on the baby saver door. Our hope is that Girls and women will make contact with us before the moment of abandonment. As a pregnancy mm -hmm. help center, we hope that they will make contact before on one of our WhatsApp lines and make contact with us so that we can try and empower them and help them find resources around them so that they can parent their babies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Other mm -hmm. thing is if somebody's made up their mind that they're going to do this, they're probably going to do it anyway. 
and you're you're not going to stop them. And the other thing is, I think a lot of people are very judgmental towards these these mothers. And obviously, ab- abandoning your child in an unsafe place is not right. It's not a wise thing to do. Yeah. But how sad is it that these girls and women feel that that is the best option that they have? Mm. How sad we are in such an under-resourced country, and it's not only our country. Abandonment is a is a global problem. Yeah. But how sad that these girls and women feel that that is the best scenario for them. That is going to be their best option. So it's very heartbreaking. And I believe that if Jesus had to see this, that obviously his heart would break for these babies. But I believe his heart would break for these mothers as well, because I think it must be an incredible, mm. incredible sad moment for a mom to say goodbye to mm. her child and to, she'll always think of that child. This mm-hmm. child will never be carried in her heart. And it's not like she's going to wake up the next day and forget what she's done and forget mm-hmm. about that child. She'll always think about that child. And I think that's a really, really sad um, reality and also a very heavy and dark secret to carry with you for the rest of your life that that is what you chose to do yeah mm. I agree with you and I've I've heard from people who have adopted children who were abandoned that n- never ever have I heard from people who have adopted children that they felt anger as as the couple that adopted they didn't feel anger or upset or anything towards the mom who had abandoned their that child but a sense of that the person we can't understand the circumstances or the desperation or, or the person's story or their journey and so Again, it's not about encouraging and you know abandonment or saying that it's oh it's okay if you do that. That's not what we're saying, but we are saying there is humanity and a human aspect of this, and that's why baby savers are also so in- incredibly important. Now, Melissa, where are the baby savers located in the Western Cape? Because maybe there's someone listening that wants to know. Hey, you know what? I need to know where these are. Maybe I can post about this somewhere. Maybe I can give out this information. So if we're looking just at the Western Cape, uh, how many do we have and where actually are they they located? Because we have quite a few here, which is really good. And I'm grateful for that. Yes, you've got eight in your area. You've got um, the the Helderberg Baby Saver, which is at the Choices Pregnancy Center in Somerset West. Then there's the Hopeful Babies at the King of Kings Baptist Church in Sun Valley, the Tiva Moshe Baby Safe in Makassar, Open Arms of Hope, which is Crowfontaine, and Cheba Baby Saver, which is Belleville, and they got a baby in last week. Mm. Uh, Felisa Abafazi, which is in Stenberg, the Moses Mankey, which is in Buster, and Mercy Haven Baby Saver, which is in Neisner. But this list because obviously i said that quite quickly <laughs> that <laughs> list found on the baby saver south africa website and the list of pregnancy help um uh, resource organizations can be found at on the pregnancy help network south africa website so um those two uh organizations also work side by side because um yeah both obviously with the 
uh, theme of um, unwanted and unplanned pregnancy, um, because obviously a child that is abandoned comes from an unplanned and unwanted pregnancy. So that's why uh, pregnancy help centers and and uh, baby savers do sort of go hand in hand. It it all connects and it's all part of the same theme of helping the same um, sort of girl or woman who's facing a similar problem or crisis. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that with us as well. You know, Melissa, no, I can't ask you this actually, but I am going to because I don't expect you though to have this off the top of your head. But, you know, is there an estimation? Because people always want to know how many people have used these baby savers in South Africa? Do we have kind of a rough idea of how many babies have been, uh, you know, saved through the use of the baby saver? Do we have maybe just a, a rough estimate? Um, I think it's something like, isn't it two and a half thousand? I think it's on the website that are found, but those aren't necessarily through the baby saver. I think they're trying to collect the stats at the moment, but something that's um, also important to remember, you know, the news and the media love to blow up stories. And I'm sure you've seen how everybody loses their minds and it's front page of the news, how baby was found in a bread packet in the dump or, um, in a toilet and blocking a drain and many times those babies those very um early pregnancy babies are in fact um illegal abortion babies Mm. and or sometimes legal abortion babies where the the girls or women um took the abortion pills um although if the fetus is if the baby is a lot bigger it would have been an illegal abortion but they're basically that make her uterus um, contract so she gives birth and the baby is obviously not ready to breathe and isn't developed enough and now she sits with this dead baby and she doesn't know what to do with it so she flushes it or throws it in the bin or in the dump or it lands up somewhere and then everybody loses their mind but then when you when you read the article properly you see oh the fetus is four months old so the fetus wouldn't have survived even if she was having a miscarriage or went into premature labor. So it's important to remember that um, with these large numbers and these large (laughs) newspaper headlines we see are sometimes also abortion babies that are in between. Sure, Melissa, I just want to say thank you so much for the incredible work that you are doing. Thank you so much for Project Life. Thank you so much for this new baby saver, for sharing this time with us as well and um, educating us on this. It's been such a privilege to have you with me on the show today. And thank you again. Thank you, Lauren. Always a privilege. We have entered this time in the space where we know it is a winter time. And of course, here in Cape Town, I mean, we feel like it's been winter for the whole year already with all the snow and the, the rain. And the, the beauty of the snow and the rain is that, you know, we get to stay inside and, and really reflect on what winter actually means. Because although it's keeping us inside, I really always feel like winter is this time where we get to 
hibernate, but also we get to look inwardly and begin to just look into ourselves and maybe do some deeper reflections and some deeper self-care that we really need. And especially during the winter months, when we maybe don't see people that much, we don't do as many things, we're not soaking up that vitamin D. And so today I really want us to talk about this hibernation season, as I always like to say, winter being my favorite time of the year and a time to take care of ourselves. And of course, I have invited Danusha with me onto the show, which I introduced you so earlier on as just being this incredible person that speaks to taking care of ourselves and taking care of our wellness mentally, physically, emotionally in every single way. And so Danusha, it is so good to have you with me on the show today. I hope that you are doing well and that as July has started, you're also feeling some of the blessings that winter does bring. Hi Lauren, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I actually feel like in winter, I generally hibernate a lot more. Mm. Um, But I've also just finished the exam, so I'm kind of feeling a little bit social because I feel like I've been missing out. So it depends. I feel like when the winter is sunny, like today, I don't mind like a walk Mm. or like doing something a little bit more social. But with the rain we've been having in Cape Town, I've definitely spent a lot more time indoors. And I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Mm was mm. quite nice and slow um, and there's time for reflection and you know things that you just maybe put off for mm. a bit even in the home. Mm. It's so true and you're talking about like the rain and, and feeling social it's really strange. I've really felt social this winter time. It's really weird because normally I like to just curl up, you know, but doing some mm. cool things and just being with people in different spaces has really been quite nice. And how did the exams go? Because, of course, we forget that this is a time of year where it's it's been exam time. And not only for our children, but actually for us as adults being students. And uh, how did the exams go? Because, of course, it's now transitioning from being in that exam space and then having to study and the stress of that exams are stressful regardless of how old you are and how did you feel the exams went are you feeling ah, that sense of relief now all of us this our beautiful students are now transitioning into a little bit of a rest space until next semester Mm, it actually started off quite turbulent I got very sick at the start of it I think all the stress really hit me and I really had to like pull back and, you know, evaluate what I was doing and how much work I could take on because mm-hmm. it is pretty hectic when you work for yourself and you're studying. So, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it was a lot. And I feel like, yeah, I just um, had to really take ownership of me being a student mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, realizing that, you know, that has to come first, uh, especially in the exam period. So, yeah, I, you know, I had to postpone certain things and put up some work so that I could focus. Um, and yeah, I actually think that after that um, period, I, I did a lot better. June was a lot um, easier with exams. So yeah, I'm just grateful that it's over now, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it can be very hectic. No, it can be very hectic. And especially when you are you know, having your own work and your own business, and especially when you are a working adult. It was very okay. different. I remember I went back to study, you know, back, I think it was a year, beginning of last year, and I just couldn't keep the pace. 
I really couldn't keep the pace. And I was like, why was, why isn't this easy? I remember I did like 10 years of university and, uh, you know, previously, but I was a full-time student. I wasn't working. I was like, why wasn't this easier? But anyway, it's not easy when you're having to do so many things. One of the things that you mentioned, and I really want to touch on this as part of uh, self-care and also just being self-aware is saying no to things and, you know, putting, putting aside things or putting off things and saying no to that, which is not in alignment with where you find yourself. How important is this for us as human beings to begin to practice? Feel like we're oftentimes taking on way too much beyond our capacity to deal with on a normal daily basis. Yeah, it is such a difficult um, decision at times because we tend to kind of say yes or yes, maybe when new work comes up or even social events without kind of checking in first, like, hey, do I have time for this? You know, um, does it fit in my schedule? How much capacity do I have? Does it take away my energy? Does it give me energy? And, you know, energy management is one of those things that I'm quite big on. So Mm -hmm. even with myself, I found it quite difficult to really look at what is it that I have to do? What is it that, you know, that I have time for and energy for and really what I don't or what is really not necessary in this season for me Mm -hmm. as well because, when opportunities or anything comes about, we're like very quick to say yes, or somebody needs mm. our help, or we have this bright idea, or whatever the case may be. So I find it very important to first check in, look at your schedule, look at your energy, look at maybe, you know, what's coming up in the next month or two before you say yes to a project or task, or even in that day, you know, new work comes in, I often say then, look at your work for the day and look at whether you can actually fit that in or Mm. you need more time for something else if this is now immediate or if that needs your immediate attention. Because once we take on everything and we say yes to everything, and I often say that we are yes women because we're just like, yes, yes, don't worry, yes. (laughs) Um, We overload the plates and we all know, I think we all know at this point in time, you know, post-COVID and all of this reflection that we've had is that when we overload the plate and there's no more room for anything, we often burn out. Mm. And really burnout is something that we don't want to get to. And it does take time. You know, a lot of people think that you can work through burnout or, you know, you recover quickly or you Mm. are going to be fine, but it can take really long. It can take months. It can take years to actually recover from yeah. And that's a very good point to make as well. And and sometimes people think that, you know, they're feeling at the end of like they have too much on their plate that they're at their end mentally. They can't focus, but they are also looking at their schedule going, well, actually, I'm not actually physically doing a lot more than I normally do. But is it that we often can be consumed mentally with a lot of things or just feeling like you've maybe been taking care of others a lot or you've been, you know, maybe overextending yourself mentally? It's not just a physical thing going out doing things that makes you drain, but actually it's almost like you hear a lot of people, they go, the minute I get in bed at night, my brain starts racing and I actually can't sleep, but I'm physically tired 
but it's like my brain just does not switch off. And then that causes burnout as well, doesn't it? How do we take care of that mental state and the capacity which we have mentally? Mm, that's definitely, you know, there's so many causes of burnout. It's not just physical, it could be mental, emotional. A lot of the times people take care of other people like caregivers or if you get hospital workers, um, even psychologists, people who are healthcare professionals really can suffer with um, compassion fatigue and that can lead to burnout. So there's many instances where definitely, definitely it's not just a physical thing because we often talk about the emotional exhaustion of it. And I think, again, it's, it's so important to actually be checking in on yourself daily to really take note of you know what is it that is causing me to feel this tired you know if it's emotional what is leading to that if it's mental what's causing that and get the support and the help you need if especially if you feel like you know it's it's too much we we overburden ourselves and we overextend ourselves and we often want to help others Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of people that you know we all want to help other people but do we extend the same grace and compassion to ourselves? You know, we don't have to wait till we're sick to rest. Yeah. I often say that we need to actually build in rest into our daily schedule because we, from the moment we wake up, we look at emails, looking at social media, looking at mm. notifications. Your brain's already in overdrive from the moment you wake up till the moment you're going to bed again. So it's no wonder that you can't switch off. So having a nighttime routine, a morning routine to kind of settle in whether you're going to bed or whether you're waking up, just having some rituals and habits in there that you can get you started for the day in the morning and then also switch off after work can really help. Mm. But also being conscious of how much you are giving of yourself um, emotionally, mentally, um, and physically. Yeah, so Mm. it is important to check in I think and really reflect and I, that's why I love winter I think mm. it forces you to when it's raining and it's cold you know it's Cape Town and we actually don't want to leave the house <laughs> the roads are empty <laughs> on the weekends yes. when we're not forced to go anywhere so it is it is a nice season because we are part of nature you know so mm. we also have seasons that are not going to be as busy and they, they are meant to be as productive or um, as busy as well because we're supposed to move with the flow of nature mm. so looking at your July and looking at your August and September, uh, September and thinking okay you know, maybe I don't want to be as productive as I was for the other parts of the year but it doesn't take away from your value and your worth Mm -hmm. and what you bring to the table it means you like other seasons you also are staying true to your own nature and your innate nature because I think a lot of us are tired right now I've spoken to a lot of people it's that media burnout we are so tired Mm -hmm. Um, some of us are very frustrated I'm actually on partial leave at the moment because my exam season was just so hectic Mm -hmm. so really just looking at what is it that I need and how do I give back to myself and how much am I taking on and how much am I willing to to give energy to and you know what is it that I need to recharge Mm. I love that I love that so much I love actually working through December because I'm not a summer person and I don't like the busyness of life in December uh, because there's so many people everywhere and everything is so full so I love working through December but then taking holiday in winter which is my favorite time of the year 
And it's just about going with your natural rhythm as well to go, well, actually, I'm more of a person that wants to, you know, take time out during this season of the year. And and I want to be, you know, sitting in front of my fireplace and I want to be reading and I want to be resting and just, you know, reflecting and journaling. Now, what are the kind of self-care things that we can do during winter season in order to grow? And not only, this is not just self-care, obviously, physically but just to process like you said as well i i also just meet people all the time who are telling me i am tired i'm struggling with my mental health in this post-covid world that we live in it's almost like we had to get through covid you know it took a long time and it wasn't just the virus it was the losses we experienced the loss of our loved ones you know the loss of jobs and just a lot of things that happened now we're in this post-covid world we're actually we're now feeling the effects of what happened and so there is that sense of a lot of people are tired right now and our mental health isn't so good so what can we really do to help ourselves as we are in this winter season, things do slow down a little bit. Expectations are less when it's raining, just like you said. No one's expecting us to go out. <laughs> what can we really do to nurture and take care of our innermost being during this time? I love that question. And I'm actually just sitting in the sun right now. I'm talking to you because it's coming through the window. And it just makes me realize as well that, you know, that vitamin D is so important. So on the days that you can get sunshine and you enjoy that, definitely, you know, make the most of that. Because I've also been doing that. But in general, when it is raining and when it's cold and you are indoors, I find for me personally, I really enjoy the cooking experience because you make different Mm -hmm. dishes in in winter you might make soups or lasagnas or pastas and curries and you know just the whole sensory experience of cooking um, really just calms you um, especially mm-hmm. if you're in the mood for it of course if you're in a rush it's not as um, <laughs> yeah. fulfilling because you don't want to rush while you cook but yeah just being present in whatever it is you're doing so if you're deciding that you want to journal or you want to meditate you know really putting off all the devices around you or at least like putting them on silent and being present in that moment because the mindfulness whether it be summer or winter it is something that really can ground us in this time and it doesn't matter which time of year it is for it but we can be here in this moment I love deep breathing I love meditations I really feel like they do make such a big difference. You know, it also allows you to connect spiritually and connect with nature itself. You know, even if you're watching the rain and drinking a coffee, but you're mm-hmm. doing it in silence. You know, you're listening to the sounds of the rain. You're enjoying the different kinds of smells and scents that you would get in this time. Love putting on my diffuser and some essential oils. Love taking a bath, you know, putting in some Epsom salts, essential mm-hmm. oils and that. There's so many ways, but what it is, is that really you asking yourself, what is it that gives you that joy and that calmness and the ease? The other night we were coloring and we're both adults. We're just coloring together, lit a candle. Mm. You know, you can have some wine if you want or whatever, but we had such a good time just coloring. And we also forget there's this child like sense to all of us and just nurturing, you know, our childlike selves and our inner child it also, you know, makes a big difference. So I think it's important for us to know what gives us energy. And 
even in the slowness, in the slower period, how we can intentionally slow down, what activities really give us that. A friend was saying she wants to start embroidery again because she mm. used to do it as a kid. And I was like, yes, go for it. You know, some of us like painting, some of us like watching series. That's all good. You know, really just enjoy what it is that gives you that real self-care and the sense of tranquility and ease and peace. Because I feel that's what we want. We just want to have peaceful, yeah. <laughs> joyful lives, yeah. you know. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that you were saying this on uh, last weekend. I was invited uh, quite out of the blue to a a pottery event in the evening. Wow. And I haven't done that in many, many years. Uh, so I kind of asked uh, some of my colleagues here at the station, some of the ladies, do you, you know, I've got like some comps, you know, do you want to join? And we went and it was like, an incredible, I mean, you could probably hear the joy in my voice while I'm talking about it. It was just so, we all just sat there and uh, it was just like every now and then someone would say, this is magical. This is incredible. And it was all different women and nobody, like, you know, we didn't know one another, but we got to know one one another. There was music, uh, some nice music. It was low chitting, so the lights were soft. And it was just a magical experience. And uh, we were like, okay, we're coming back next month, you know, (laughs) because it's like you're saying, uh, there are these things that we do that we don't do. And I've been thinking about building puzzles again. I haven't done that since I was a child. And I think this is what the season brings to us to go, what is it that we really want to be nurturing in ourselves? And like you said, creating and even movement. uh, It's just so beautiful and I think it's it's gifts that we can give ourselves so this is such great reminders Danusha I'm so grateful for you today and I just feel uh, so a little bit better prepared for this beautiful winter you know just having spoken to you and also going it's we can we need to nurture ourselves we need to take care of ourselves and especially during winters but especially because life has been a bit tough and we are going through some stuff all of us so Tanusha, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today, giving us these tools and and tips and tricks, which you do a lot of. And so if anyone wants to find you on social media and just wants to continue to be inspired by the things that you share and post, the the prompts that you have for us, how can people connect with you on social media? Thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks for having me. And yeah, you can find me at at Miss underscore Danusha. That's D-H-A-N-U-S-H-A on Instagram and on TikTok and on Twitter. Hmm. Danisha, thank you so much for being with me. It's been so great. And I just want to wish you all the best as you just take time during July, just to kind of almost recalibrate after this hectic exams. And um, yeah, I just wish you nothing but the best over the next couple of months, all the goodness and joy that life can bring. So thank you so much for being here today. It's been a really, really big blessing. And thank you. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoy your favorite season winter too. I hope it's amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have you felt like building that puzzle this winter? I don't know. I've been feeling that way. I haven't felt that way in years. As a child, I used to love building puzzles, but I had some incredible puzzles my parents bought for me, but I have those tragic memories of always losing pieces. Somehow, as a child, I always lost those pieces. So now, (laughs) looking at buying puzzles, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, actually, I might be losing pieces, the trauma 
it just comes back. But you know, I actually almost want to buy children's puzzles because I don't know if I can still sit through a thousand pieces or some people do 5,000 pieces. You're probably listening, maybe even to me now, doing that puzzle out on your dining room table going, yes, Lauren, actually I'm busy doing it. So relaxing. I've been feeling like doing that again. So maybe I will be inspired and, uh, It's just exciting when we consider that God has created the world in such a way that there are seasons. And as Danusha was saying, we can move with the seasons. There are many ways that we can take care of ourselves. And I've been inspired just to hear some of the tools and the kind of lessons that Danusha has shared with us today. And I'm so grateful for her as well. I'm also incredibly grateful for the baby savers. I hope that you were listening in to know where they are so that you can maybe give out information to your church group or faith group, maybe your nonprofit, maybe your, I don't know, your just women's groups, or maybe you can put up a flyer somewhere uh, for your community to say, this is where the baby savers are in case you know someone or, or, you know, you just want to share the information. Someone might walk past, see that flyer and it might save a child's life. Many children have been saved through the baby saver. And uh, earlier on, on the show, I was actually talking about a recent baby that was saved and it was actually found in the Inseba Project's Baby Saver. And it actually was a baby saver that Melissa was directly involved with. And she sent me some incredible pictures about this baby saver. And there was a beautiful, healthy baby girl found in the Inseba Project's NPC Baby Saver. And uh, it's just so phenomenal to realize that this this beautiful child ah so it, it just it's so moving to think that she will be given a chance on life because her mother took the brave act of putting her in the baby saver and as we said earlier on on the show we don't know the situation we don't know the circumstances behind why people do this and yes a lot of people want to know what happens with the baby once it goes in the baby saver well the baby say the baby gets exactly what it needs goes to the hospital to have every checkup necessary and uh, any food that it needs that like melissa said keeping the baby's temperature up depending on how old the baby is and just gets all the care and attention and that hospital support that it needs and then it will go to a safe haven a safe space and uh, looked after really well until that baby finds her or his home and uh, the home of those who come to adopt those children who are in those safe spaces so there is a chance and I, I really just want us to say a prayer together today about this and it's just was so on my heart to just pray and father we just want to pray for the women the mothers who who choose to leave their babies in baby savers father thank you that they are choosing to leave their babies in a place where they know their babies will be found and taken care of and possibly given a chance father we know that you are about love, Jesus. You are about love. And that we are not to to get caught up in, in being keyboard warriors and saying horrible things. We don't know people's situation. And there's so much shame and there's a culture of shame around 
pregnancy, teenage pregnancy, unwanted pregnancies. So, Father, we pray that more people will use the baby savers if they need to. Father, if they're considering abandoning their babies and they're making plans, Father, I pray that those children will get a chance on life. And we pray for all the babies who have been saved through the baby savers in South Africa specifically, that they will really be placed and find their homes where they will be loved cared for and and just find their forever home father that you'll just bless them and help us be a nation that cares for as your word says the widow and the orphan that's who we are to care for and take care of father so thank you for all those who are working in the spaces to do just that and we are so grateful for you our father and we say thank you for life and life in abundance bless melissa and her crew her team everyone that is working with her right now and just make them prosper as they continue to just fight the fight on the front lines for babies and for their lives going forward. We thank you for this and pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. It's been so good to be with you here on Voice of Change today. I hope that you are staying tuned and staying put on K Pulpit because there's some wonderful, wonderful shows coming up like the Yellow Mic a little bit later on. So stay tuned for that and I will see you next week. Take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.